Would you please stand up on your feet and put your best hand clap together for our beloved brother, Ivan Tate. Okay, all right, hold on. I already got a set over there, so I got that. All right, thank you guys. All right, all right. All right, praise the Lord. Okay. All right, let's pray for the pastor. Praise the Lord. Stand your hands out there. Lord Jesus, we just thank you for Pastor Daniel, his wonderful family, Lord. We pray for him and his children that volcanoes of the Holy Ghost will explode all over them. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Give somebody a high five and say, I, you look so skinny tonight. Woo! You look skinny. All right, let's put some of those pictures up there. Praise the Lord. And then we'll get going in a minute. You can be going to Acts chapter 10. That's where we're going to start. They'll be putting up those pictures here in a second. And uh, just want to mention to you, we didn't talk about this this morning, and I, I kind of forgot, but um, we have orphans. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. We have lots of orphans. Keep going. Keep going. There's Karina. She's an angel. She wants to be a brain surgeon, so she's in college. Came from nowhere and nothing. Carmencita abused all her life. It's going to be an architect. Keep going. Keep going. Just go all through the pictures. There's little Gabby, no birthday, no name. She's just in her fourth year of college now, journalism. Juan Jose, three years of architecture school. Uleda, all of these kids, she's going to be a psychologist. Jennifer, all of them, all these kids, all these kids are all in college now. Monica is a chef in one month. She'll complete her chef school. All the children that you're looking at, she's going to be a pastor second year. Suseli is in her second year for um, aeronautical engineering. These are widows. This is kind of how we found them. Then we build them these houses with stoves, two or three bedrooms, $6,500. We build an entire widow's house. And these are the good ones. Some of them have up to nine children. Some of them are as old as 93 years old. Once we find them, we build them a house. We then take care of them till they die. 
take care of all their medical needs, take care of all their food, pay for everything, visit them every week, make sure they have everything they need. Praise the Lord. We're up to 35. We want to build 100 by the end of the year. It's going to be a miracle to do it. Praise God. But we're going to do it. Thank you, Jesus. So the way we take care of children and raise them and take them all the way through school is by partners and sponsors that help us with 33 cents a day. Most human beings on planet Earth can do 33 cents a day. If you started doing 33 cents a day and then quit doing 33 cents a day, just repent. Praise the Lord. But anyway, uh, the ushers have these. Ushers, can you get these cards from the back? What I'd like you to do is consider being one of those partners with us. And I want to say thank you to all of you that are already partners and have been faithful to do it because it's a big deal. Uh, <coughs> raising these children and taking care of every need they have it's different raising a, a sexually exploited child. It's a different type of child. The, the care that it takes is very intense. Uh, you have to renew their mind. You have to heal their mind. You have to heal their body. You have to heal their soul. You have to pour love into them day and night, day and night, day and night. It takes a lot. We have almost 100 employees for 150 children because of the intensity that it requires for a lot of these kids that have been exploited, some of them have been sold as early as four years old. Four years old. And uh, we have three that came to us at 12 years old with already babies in their arms. And so we see a big turnaround in all of these. But one of the greatest stories that just happened here in the last uh, couple of months, when I was at the orphanage last month, one of our young men named Tino, uh, who we got from the dump, we got him and three sisters from the trash dump. And he was about six years old when we got him, and his three sisters are a little bit older. And uh, the older one was 12, and she had been the sex slave of the uh, man that her mother was living with, and so was the other little sister that was about nine years old. Long story short, we get them. They've never lived anywhere but the dump. This last time when I was there, I noticed in our school their pictures on the board of honor which means they're the top of their class, all four of them. But when I asked the principal about Tino, he said, you got to hear this about Tino, that all the, the best schools in Guatemala, all of them, which have thousands of students, all the best schools, all the private schools, the ones you have to pay, which we have that kind of school. And uh, so they put every child's, uh, information in there with all grades and all that for a certain amount of time, whatever it is. And then one student comes out to be the number one student in the whole country of Guatemala, and that student was Tino, number one student in the nation of Guatemala, and he comes from the dump. At 15, he's doing accelerated calculus and physics already, at 15 from the dump. <laughs> you, 
You know, and that, your $10 a month, your $30 a month, your $100 a month gives us the power to rescue these children. It gives us the power. So I'm telling you, do not backslide when you start supporting. Just keep doing it. And I'll even do one better than that. Get on an airplane any month of, any, uh, month of the year. We have teams every month. Get on an airplane and go see them for yourself. Praise the Lord. We do a trip every month except April and May. And you're welcome on any of those trips. You'll spend an entire week there hanging out with the children and working at the orphanage and doing all that. Everybody's welcome anytime you want. So this is, this is how it works. You get the picture of the prayer child. This is your child to pray over and lay hands over. This is uh, uh, Wendy. And you get to, I mean, uh, no, this is not, this is Blondie. Uh, so you get a, a picture, you keep that, you pray for one minute a day, at least, if you would, and then you take this card and fill it out on both sides, all the information, the credit card or, or uh, avoid a check or whatever, this information, and then you decide what you want to do. There's a few different options. If you're one of those that says, I'd like to feed one child completely, that's 90 meals a month, that's $90, $1 per meal, and this is organic food and we feed them the best possible food. We have two full-time chefs. We have three full-time doctors. We have everything that, that we can possibly provide for these kids so that they grow up in an environment to become geniuses and to become great. Praise the Lord. So that's what you can do. I am honored and proud to ask you to give money. Praise the Lord. So. Raise your hand if you want to be one of those sponsors and the ushers will give you one of these cards. Don't take them home. Fill them out and give them to me in the back. I want to tell you a couple of other things, okay? Praise the Lord, ushers. If you'll pass those out, that would be great. And then we want to talk about letters from God. If you don't have a copy, make sure you get one. This will change your world. Also, if you're a parent, get letters from God for children, which will cause bonding to happen and you'll become the mentor of your child. Praise the Lord. Let's go to Acts chapter 10, and we'll begin to flow tonight on how to become a healer. Everybody say it out loud. I am a healer. I was born to heal things. God has assigned to my life certain people and certain things for me to heal. I am not supposed to need healing all my life. I am supposed to give healing and become a healer. The purpose for my life is to heal people. That's why I got saved, and that's why I'm alive. That's why you're alive. That's why you're saved, so that you can become a healer. You're not alive just to be happy. You're not alive just to have a great family. You're not alive just to have a great business. You're not alive just to have a good house. You're not alive for those reasons. You're alive to become a healing person. That is the call of God on each one of our lives. You have inside you, and if you don't have it inside you yet, you will have it inside you by tomorrow night. Praise the Lord. But you are born with certain gifts and talents and abilities that God has given you already or that God will give you by tomorrow night. Praise the Lord. Because you are born to heal something. What value is your life if all you're going to do is make people miserable and sick? 
If all you're ever going to do is be a troublemaker, what benefit is your life? If all you're going to do is hurt people and damage people and break people and conflict with people and, and be a stumbling block and be a hindrance and, and, and always throw a monkey wrench into everything, what benefit is that? So we get saved to get healed to heal. And we're going to take a, a trip down that road today and also tomorrow. Tomorrow night, we will explain all the healing gifts there are. Not the nine healing gifts, no, but all the ones that there are. The ones I have seen in my 46 years of ministry, which are many more than those nine gifts. Those are church gifts, but there are many gifts that are outside the church that heal. For example, there's a gift of generosity that heals things. When you can write a check and pay off a church, you just healed a town. If that church is anointed and full of the Holy Ghost, your ability to write a million-dollar check is a ministry of healing to the city because you've now empowered the church to preach the gospel, win souls, and get people baptized in the Holy Ghost and get everybody healed. Amen? There's a gift of music, which is the ability to play music and heal people with music. But if you don't know what the gifts are and you don't know how to activate them and use them and cultivate them, then you sit on your gift till you die. And when you're in the grave, all your gifts are in the grave with you. Rather than having passed those gifts on to your children. This is why I always tell pastors to put their children on stage as soon as possible. Get them up there speaking as soon as possible. Get them singing, get them preaching, and get them flowing in the Holy Ghost as soon as possible. Because that's what preachers are, is preachers breed preachers. That's what I've bred. <laughs> all my children are preachers because that's all I know how to do. Turn to three people and say, I'm going to give you a million dollars. Do I have a witness? Am I on? Am I on? Yeah. Turn up this, uh, this monitor a little bit. So, uh, as we begin this journey, I'm going to go over generally these gifts here real quickly, and then I'm going to get into the details on how to become a healer. And then tomorrow night, I'm going to spend time on all those, and then I'm going to lay hands on every person, every single person, and every child, and we're going to release those, those gifts, those healing gifts and healing ministries, and we're going to also impart them because I can tell you that many of you that are sitting here today are not functioning in your healing gift. You're just not doing it, and you're supposed to do it. So let's begin with Acts chapter 10, verse 38. God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with the ability and power, he went about doing good and curing all who were harassed and oppressed by the power of the devil, for God was with him. Praise the Lord. So Jesus came on earth and began healing everything. Ask yourself hard questions, because that's what a genuine Christian does. 
an authentic man of God and an authentic woman of God asks themselves hard questions. First hard question, when is the last time you got somebody born again? If you haven't gotten anybody saved, it doesn't mean you're not saved, but it does mean you're backslidden. Didn't feel the love on that? I'm going back over here. Praise God. Oh, Ivan, my God. Man, sledgehammer there, brother. Watch out. You're in Alaska. These people are packing. Watch out. <laughs> I forgot myself for a while. Speaking the truth. Oh, my gosh. Forgive me. Jesus went around. As soon as his time came, after 30 years of obscurity... He went around and unleashed what he already had in him that God had given him. And he spent three and a half years healing everything that came near him. Then he said, the miracles that I've done, you shall also do and even greater miracles than these. Praise God. Tell the person next to you, if you're not careful, tell them, if you're not careful, I'm going to pay your house off. Oh, Jesus, everybody say, Lord, there's a God. We're running about 60, 67 homes that have been paid off now since I began declaring that over two years ago over the body of Christ. We're going to hit 100 real soon. This is instantaneous payoff of houses with people that had no way of paying them off Instantly they got their house paid off by miracles of God. And all you have to do is have enough faith to believe it and say, my house is going to get paid off in the name of Jesus. You ought to stand up and say, I claim that for myself. I'm getting my house paid off. The devil is a liar. My house is going to get paid off. Woo! So Jesus set the example of what we're supposed to live like. He went around doing good. He went around healing everybody. Ask yourself the hard questions. When is the last time you laid hands on a sick person outside of church? When is the last time you went out of your way to bless somebody financially that you don't know? When is the last time that you went and made peace between you and somebody that you have a rift with? When is the last time you wrote a letter and apologized to somebody who doesn't deserve your apology? Because we are born to be healers. Remember that Christianity doesn't work unless you're dead. So you have to die for Christianity to be activated. As long as you're alive and in control, Christianity is nullified and cannot work. God will not share the steering wheel with you. Either he drives or he's out of the bus. Turn to nine people and say, my gosh, when are you going to obey God and pay off my house? Tell them, when are you going to obey God? Stop being disobedient to the Lord. Make a down payment today. I'll take 25 grand. Make a down payment right now. Remember that religious people can't have fun in church because religion chokes on freedom. 
religious people want things to be done their way and under their concept. So God must destroy your religion before he can allow his power to flow through you because if you get power with a religious spirit, then you become a Jezebel and an Absalom and then you ruin everything for everybody. Turn to five people and say, holla, holla, baby, that's what I'm talking about. Look at somebody and say, we came to church, praise the Lord. So if Jesus is a healer, and that's what he did with his whole life every day, then that's what you and I should do. But we don't know how to become healers, so let's see if we can learn that tonight. First of all, a couple of thoughts. Everything that heals you loves you. And so God sends people that love you and they heal you, and then people come your way that hate themselves and they make you sick. And you've got to be able to deal with the ones that hate you because in those people is the treasures that you're looking for. Because once you can heal something ugly, then you have become beauty itself in the hands of God. Now the purpose of your existence is to make ugly people beautiful. Everybody shout and say, holla, holla, holla. That's what I'm talking about. Praise God. How many of you have been plagued with people that make you sick? Have you ever said out loud, they make me sick? Have you ever told a person, you make me sick? When you're already sick, everybody makes you sick. Did it just go out? It came back in. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. So, um, every one of us that are here, all of us that are here, have been assigned certain healing powers. In you are healing powers. Now, just because you haven't seen them yet or you're not walking in them yet doesn't mean they don't exist inside you. Inside you is the seed of God and inside you is God. So God has the power. He lives inside you. It's your job and my job to release the power and learn how to flow in that power, walk in that power, and live in that power. So I'm going to try to give you some of that tonight. Praise the Lord. Let's first, let me run through quickly some of these healing powers and healing lives that you can have from my observation so far. So you have church healers, which are apostles, prophets, pastors, evangelists, and everything that brings healing in the local church. You have music healers, which heal people through music. You have, you have uh, verbal healers, comfort healers, power healers, virtue healers, circumstantial healers, spiritual healers, financial healers, rescuers of orphans and widows and the poor healers, educated, educating healers, rescuing healers, feeding healers, destiny healers, physical healers, idea healers, mind healers, emotional healers, relationship healers, circumstantial soul winners, wound healers, dream healers, and it goes on and on and on. Everyone here has at least one, but most of you have at least five. 
Praise the Lord. Some of you have even more than that. If you learn to perfect those healing gifts that are inside you, then you are not going to be wasting your life every day. And the greatest obscenity to heaven is a wasted life full of divine potential. That is the worst obscenity of all, is to have inside you the greatest, most amazing life, and you sit on it eating, sleeping, and watching TV. You see, unless you have an insatiable appetite to do God's will, then you're not going to become a healer. You're just going to want to make it to heaven. Wow. And you're going to say, I'm going I'm to enjoy as much sin as I can, enough to keep me still in heaven, and I'm going to do as much for God as I can without it inconveniencing me from my personal enjoyments. This is the church around the world that God is changing. Praise the Lord. Let's say it all again. No matter what my past is like, God has not changed his mind about me. I'm still amazing. I'm still priceless. And I am born to be a healer. Come on, touch the person next to you and say, God's going to heal my personality. Say that to somebody. God's going to heal my personality. Say something to the person on the other side. Say, God is going to reduce the amount of personalities you have. <laughs> Come on, everybody. <laughs> We're about halfway through with a book called The 21 Witchcraft Personalities where we, we, we begin to, to go in and describe how people have witchcraft in their personalities and how the sign, the evidence of someone who spends time with God is a sweet and kind personality. You cannot fake kindness. The sign that someone doesn't spend any time with God is that they're pushy, they're bullies, they're intimidators, and they're constantly confronting and finding fault with people. Wow. Everybody has to walk on eggshells around them because they are a walking time bomb. He that is easily offended practices witchcraft. Would you look at somebody and say, you really needed that. I, I, I don't, but... <laughs> But you really needed that. I mean, I mean, my gosh, that was like a word from heaven. It's almost like God speaking to you. See, you may think that being the silent type is some special John Wayne gift. But you are deceived, my brother. You are in bondage. There's no gift of being silent. You're so bound up inside that you're afraid to talk. You may think that it's the gift of God to talk and drive everybody crazy because you never will be quiet. It's not a gift. People hang up on you because you talk so much. 
You drive people crazy. That is not a gift. It requires healing. Other people need to talk sometimes. Just an idea. I don't feel the love on that, so I'm going over here. Praise God, Ivan, my God. Bam, watch out. So we have many, many of these, which we'll cover tomorrow, and then lay hands and release them. But I want to encourage you with this thought. Never get mad at the Holy Spirit for stripping you naked and exposing Satan in your life. Thank him while he's doing it. Say, oh God, thank you so much because I am just like that. I get my feelings hurt so quick and everybody runs for their lives. That's witchcraft. I can get silent and the whole atmosphere of, the ch of my home changes. That's witchcraft. Wow. Jesus is not like that. Amen. Staring people down is not of the Holy Spirit. That's a demon. Jesus made people feel comfortable with every kind of personality, including sinners, lost people, say everybody. Because he was pure love. And everybody was comfortable around him because he didn't take things too seriously that didn't need to be taken seriously. Give somebody a high five and say, that's all I can handle. I'm offended. Praise God. Come on, look at somebody. I'm offended. You need deliverance. It's okay. So, can we keep going? All right. Let's begin to, today then in this, in this time that we have and learn how to become healers. The first, the first thing in becoming a healer is Jude verse 20. Praying in the Holy Spirit. Building yourselves up on your most holy faith. Now, praying in the Holy Spirit, which I have just, I'm, I just completed a book on it, has at least almost 40 different blessings. But when you pray in the Holy Ghost, it literally changes your heart. It takes the fist out of your heart and opens it up. When you pray in the Holy Spirit, you saturate yourself with the presence of God. You fill yourself up with the Holy Spirit. It says your inner man is strengthened, your inner man being your spirit man, which is made up of conscience, intuition, and communion. So while you're praying in the Holy Spirit, and if you do it a lot, then your conscience is being tenderized to where it becomes so tender and soft that as soon as you do something wrong, you repent immediately because your conscience is in perfect union with God's voice. When you pray a lot in the Holy Spirit, it causes your intuition and discernment to get very high and very supernatural to where you can now see things, know things, and feel things that you could not before. When you pray in the Holy Ghost, your communion, the part of you that can talk to God without using words, that can hear God without God speaking audibly, the communion aspect of yourself is made so keen that the ears of your spirit become the size of an elephant and you can hear God whisper. Amen. 
and all the other voices are silenced inside your head because your communion has taken over the realm of your soul. Now your mind, will, and emotions are not in charge, but your spirit is, and it is in perfect fellowship with God. All the voices of Satan, your own conscience, your own, uh, your own guilt, your own condemnation, and the devil and other people are all silenced under the voice of the communion going on between you and Jesus in the Holy Ghost. For example, as I'm talking to you or somebody's talking to you, they are talking to you like this, but they can hear God talking to, to them about you or about the situation while they're having a verbal conversation with you. All of this is going to cause you to be in a position to become a healer. You can't become a healer like you should without spending a lot of time praying in the Holy Ghost. Paul said, I pray in tongues more than all of you. The Bible says, do not forbid to speak in tongues. What does that mean? It means that any preacher, any preacher who forbids people to speak in tongues is in direct violation to the Bible. And there is a difference between the baptism of the Holy Spirit and the gift of tongues. Baptism of the Holy Spirit is your prayer language, one. Everybody can have that. The gift of tongues, one of the nine gifts, is a specific gift with many languages, many tongues, that is given only to some people. Praise the Lord. That is a very clear difference, and you must understand it so that you won't get confused when it says, do all speak in tongues. Everybody can be baptized in the Holy Spirit, Acts 2.39. Praise the Lord. Look at two or three people and go, hala, hala, shanda, shanda. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Praying in the Holy Ghost is one of the most empowering, rich things you will ever do in your life. It will change your life. It changed my life, and it's going to change many of your lives tonight, as many of you tonight are going to receive that gift before we leave. You're going to get baptized in the Holy Ghost and fire. Praise God. And out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. Glory to God. Turn to three people right now and say, I'll take $25 from each of you and I'll believe that God is here. Mark 15, 16 says, And these signs shall follow those that believe, and one of those signs is you shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. Well, if you never lay hands on the sick, they cannot recover. So you've got to go around laying hands on the sick. Everywhere. Starbucks, Friars, or Frayers, or what's, what's the name? of Fred Meyer? Sorry, sorry. Fred Myers. <laughs> and you started with an F. So you and I are supposed to be a weapon for God. Say, I'm going to be a weapon for God. You're supposed to be dangerous to the kingdom of darkness and dangerous to Satan. You're not supposed to be a pushover. You're supposed to be, when you walk in the room and there are demons there, they should get scared and they should start running and jumping out of people's bodies. Praise God. You are supposed to be a walking hospital for God. You yourself are supposed to have something in your life 
that is like a hospital to people. And when you get near them, they check into the hospital and leave healed and delivered. Not because you are that, but because God in you, Jesus Christ, is that. We do nothing and we know that. I hope I don't have to clarify that. But if I do, there it is. I clarified it. Jesus is the one doing everything, but he lives in us and he wants to do it through us. Praise God. You are supposed to be a healing hospital. You're supposed to be walking medicine. You're supposed to have medicine to cure people and cure things. You are someone's divine appointment every day if you look for it. Think about how many days you have not done anything at all that even looks spiritual. That is about to change. Praise God. Say it out loud again. I am a healer. In the name of Jesus, through Jesus, for Jesus, by Jesus, and in the name of Jesus. Glory to God. Let's all praise him a little bit. You are supposed to be somebody's answer, not somebody's question. You're supposed to be somebody's answer. You're supposed to be a breakthrough for somebody. You're, you're the one that points to the destination. You're supposed to be a guide of truth for people in your life. This is you. This is what you're called to do. We just need to learn how to develop it. Step one, praying in the Holy Spirit. If you don't pray in the Holy Spirit, how can you possibly do it? You're going to be limited in your healing powers since your entire inner man, your spirit man, is developed by praying in the Holy Ghost, memorizing and meditating on the Word, and literally drinking in the presence of God in fellowship and prayer and intimacy with God. Praise the Lord. So, the second important principle for becoming a healer is you need to know that you're called to be a healer. How many of you know that? How many of you believe what I'm saying tonight? That you're not supposed to spend your life just sitting in a, in a house watching TV. That you should be out there looking for somebody to lay hands on, to minister to, or to do whatever. Tomorrow we'll discuss all the realm of that. Because for some of you, your healing gift, your, your healing gift is your personality. You actually heal people by looking like Jesus. When they get around you, they cry and say, how did you become so full of love? Why are you so unoffendable? Why are you so kind? Why are you so good to me? Why is there nothing in you that seems weird or twisted or selfish or greedy or manipulative or controlling? That is a healed personality and it is a healing ministry. Amen. Some people, you get around them and all you want to do is just begin to pray in tongues. Oh my God. Jealous people, envious people, competitive people. You see this in the ministry a lot, especially among ministers, you know. You see a lot of that. I'm not being critical. I'm being observant and simply making a statement that I have done this for 46 years. I'm not inventing it. Competition is just as real in the kingdom of God as it is out there among lost people, and that is wicked. We should want to promote each other and help each other down the road rather than 
be all jealous if somebody preaches better than you. I can't help it if people like me. It's not my, my issue. You know what I'm saying? Everybody loves me. That's what my children tell me. I believe it. Praise the Lord. Look at somebody and say, everybody loves me. I can't help it. Tell the people behind you, and I'm humble too. Say it, I'm humble. Say it, I'm so humble. Say it. The greatest form of pride, ladies and gentlemen, is being proud about being humble. Praise God. Give somebody a high five and say, holla, holla. I judged Ivan really quick. So you have to know that you're called. Cure the sick. Here's the scripture, Matthew 10, 8. Cure the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the leper, drive out demons, free go out and give it. Praise the Lord. So you're called by God to be healers. The third thing is you have to develop the heart of a healer. The heart of a healer is developed by times of intimacy and encounters with God in prayer. If you don't know how to dwell inside the presence of God in your prayer time, if you actually don't know how to have intimate times with God, then it's going to be very hard to develop a compassionate heart. Look at what it says. When Jesus went ashore and saw the throng of people, he had compassion on the people and he cured all their sick. So what is this compassionate heart? Pain then is the ability Compassion is the ability to feel other people's pain. You can't trust somebody who doesn't feel your pain because they're going to create it sooner or later. If you love your dog, you're not going to kick your dog, starve your dog, or leave your dog outside in cold or hot weather. You're going to bathe your dog. You're going to clean your dog. You're going to take your dog to the vet. You're going to feed your dog the best possible food. And you're going to keep your dog alive as long as you can. Even the wicked do this. You're going to play with your dog. Talk to your dog. Hug your dog. Even kiss your dog, some of you crazy people. You're going to let your dog lick your face and everything. There's boundaries, ladies and gentlemen. To me, that's one of them. You ain't licking me, boy. Lick my toe, lick my face, lick my lick my hand, lick but you ain't licking my face. But some of you, oh, of course. Have you gone on YouTube to see how many germs there are on the tongue of a dog? I'm just saying. Hallelujah. Now, cats are a different thing, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> You know, I'm being healed, and, 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 and <laughs> I actually love cats now. I've gone through a transition. So think about it like this. If your husband or wife doesn't feel your pain, they're going to keep hurting you by doing the very same thing over and over again. But if they feel your pain, they will stop. 
So for us to become healers, you've got to actually feel people's pain. Otherwise, you're going to walk right by them while they're lying on the side of the road as they would in Manhattan or in many parts of the world. You fall down, they walk around you. You're not going to have a lot of people that are just going to stop. But a compassionate person is restrained by his compassion. His emotional connection to your suffering is what makes you a healer. If you cannot gain that from God, your time alone with God, your private times of prayer with God, if you can't gain that because it is absorbed while being in the presence of God, that's how you get it. You absorb it. You, you drink it in while you're with Jesus and with God, whether you're driving in a car praying, walking in the woods praying, or however you want to pray, or however you have encounters with God, you develop those things, and that is imparted to you, and you become a compassionate person, and selfishness dies in your life when compassion takes over. The church will triple and triple and triple and triple. I just prophesied it. It will triple and triple and triple and triple because of your compassion. You will bring people to church every time you come because your compassion will not let you go to church alone. Praise the Lord. Look at somebody and say, man, you're looking better. Hebrews 4, 4, 4, 15. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to understand and sympathize and have a shared feeling with our weaknesses and infirmities and liability to the assaults of temptation, but one who has been tempted in every respect as we are, yet without sin. Praise God. So Jesus feels your pain. He is the greatest healer that has ever lived. As a matter of fact, his compassion led him to die for me and you. He died for me and you because of the compassion that he had on the inside of him for you and me. He felt your suffering and your pain. We're living in a very indifferent world with casual Christianity and people that are not on fire, churches that are sleeping through sermons, are not writing down anything, don't read their Bibles anymore, yet they want to have revival. Because the idea of revival makes them happy. But you and I will only have revival when we become compassionate. If you want to become a healer, you need to go heal something. Praise the Lord. If you are depressed, go find depressed people Lay hands on them and rebuke the depression and you'll get it rebuked off you. Heal what you're sick with and you will be free forever. Don't wait to get healed. Go heal cancer when you have it. This is the spiritual way that God thinks. He thinks differently than we do. He doesn't think like we do. He tells us to go do something when we're in trouble ourselves. And it delivers us. That's one of the secrets of the wisdom of God. It's never in prison. It's never in an idea jail. It makes its own way. It breaks out of every box you put it in. 
That's how God is. He's amazing. Can everybody lift your hands and say, God is amazing? Tell the person next to you, you're amazing. Praise God. Would you look at somebody with a real serious look and say, would you pay off my children? Praise God. I owe a lot on those kids. Just their school is $1,000 a month. The next thing about becoming a healer is you can't become a healer if you don't know the victories of Calvary. So you have got to educate yourself on what Jesus did at Calvary and every victory that he won there. Praise God. He took all our pain. All our pain. He took all our sickness, all our disease. He was judged and gave us mercy. He was punished and gave us forgiveness. He became the substitute. And the list goes on. Over 39 different manifestations of the victories of Calvary that you and I have to learn because we operate from that knowledge and we become healers from that knowledge. Some people will not let you be great. You must be great in defiance to their idea of you. You must defy your naysayers, no matter who they are, because they're going to want to make you feel hopeless that you're a useless case and a loser. But God has no losing children. No basket cases that are permanent. Any problem in the hands of God has an expiration date. Every problem in the hands of God is temporary. It is only there visiting you. It is not part of you. Praise God. It is an intruder and a trespasser. And it must be exited out of your life. In the name of Jesus. Somebody shout and say hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you Jesus. Here it is. Galatians 2.15. God disarmed the principalities and powers that were arranged against him. And made a bold display in public. A public example of them in triumphing over them in him through the cross. The devil has been defeated. And God is on the throne. Come on, say it again. The devil has been defeated. And God is on the throne. Say it again. The devil has been defeated. And God is on the throne. Say it again. The devil has been defeated. And God is on the throne. Come on, ladies and gentlemen. Say it with a little gusto. The devil has been defeated. And God is on the throne. Woo, Jesus. To become a healer, you must know the power of the name of Jesus. You see, because for you to heal people, you've got to heal people in the name of Jesus. So you've got to study and perfect the knowledge of the powers that are in the name of Jesus. It says that the disciples... That in the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father of things in heaven, of things on earth, and of things under the earth. That name has authority over all living things. 
God put his power in that name. So when a man or a woman has faith in that name, that name is not Harry, Larry, Jerry, Mary, Terry. That name raises the dead. That name cures cancer. That name opens the eyes of the blind. That name unstops ears. That name makes the crippled man walk. There's power in the name of Jesus. Woo! There's power in the name of Jesus. Ladies and gentlemen, why am I the only one screaming right now? There's power in the name of Jesus. You ought to be freaking out right now. Woo! Woo! The more faith you have in the name, the more miracles you will see. The less faith you have in the name, the less miracles you will see. Praise God. Amen. There's power in the name. The next thing in order to become a healer is you need to know the power in the blood of Jesus. Woo! Demons are terrified of the blood of Jesus. When you apply the blood of Jesus to your house, demons cannot enter your house. When you apply the blood on your children, demons cannot violate your children. When you apply the blood of Jesus to your finances, demons cannot violate your finances. As long as you're within the circle of obedience. Now once you step out of the circle of obedience, then you have nullified your protection. You can't just go to a house of prostitution and claim the blessing of the Lord while you're in there. You could get AIDS from being in there because you're in enemy territory and you have rejected your protection. Now, there are those that will tell you that's not true, that you can sin all you want, do all the wicked things you want, and still have all the wonderful blessings of God. They're crazy. That's heresy. They've lost their minds. And I'm not going to be responsible for taking the fear of God away from people. And they're no longer afraid to do any wicked thing that enters their mind because some preacher told them, you can do anything you want. It's a wicked thing. And it's terrible. It's not true. Just do all you want for just about a week and see where you end up. You'll be in jail within seven days. I would. Just driving around. I'd be in jail. But the Holy Ghost told me one day, this is how he delivered me from crazy drivers. So some person almost hit me. I go, what are you doing? I noticed my peace left me, and it went in the car with that person. He says, why did you give them your peace? Did I give you my peace so you could give it to them? I said, oh, Lord, I'm so sorry. Now I don't do anything. They almost hit me. I just praise the Lord. I keep going because I'm keeping my peace. And cussing them out doesn't help. Throwing the finger doesn't help. They may stop, get out of the car, and shoot at you. 
It's not worth it. I think I'll just keep singing. Look at nine people and say, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Plus, the police officers won't look at it very kindly if a preacher is fighting in the middle of the highway. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Turn to nine people right now and say, I know he's talking to you. I can tell. <laughs> say, I have discernment about this. <laughs> I was driving past the person and I passed them and while I was passing them, they threw a finger at me. It was one of my deacons. But he threw the finger before he saw who it was. But the finger was already in my head. He began to weep. He pulled over. I went under the overpass, came around. His elderly gentleman in his 70s had a bad heart. I was praying that he not die because he really loved me. I said, God, don't let him die. He loves me. He, he will die. So I went around. I said, I need a word of wisdom of some sort, God, please, or he's going to just die. And he's like, <laughs> I said, man, he can't handle that kind of stress. I walked up there. He rolled down the window. And he goes, <gasps> I mean, ugly crying. Have you ever done ugly? I mean, <laughs> I mean, just, I mean, it's gobs. You could just, just coming out of his ears, coming out of everywhere. I mean, the pores were put. I was like, I didn't know what you would ever do that. I said, man, I'm glad you did that before I did. I was about to do it, you know. <laughs> He goes, he smiled all happy. You were, you were? I said, no, no, not really, but I just wanted you to feel better. <laughs> I, I don't want you to die. It's okay. That's the third time today. The power of the blood. You've got to understand that once you start applying that blood, the angel of death cannot come in that house. The blood of the lamb gets people cleansed, forgiven, protected. It causes all kinds of miracles to take place. It brings peace everywhere. The blood of the lamb. The devil can't stand it. He hates to hear about it. You start saying, I apply the blood in the name of Jesus to everything in my house, to everybody in my family, to every person that I'm related to. They're all getting saved in the name of Jesus. They're all getting baptized in the Holy Ghost. They're all getting full of the Holy Ghost. Everybody that I'm related to is going to get saved. you got to start that early. Early, right now, tonight. Say, I apply the blood to my mother. I apply the blood to my daddy. I apply the blood to my brother and sister and uncle and aunt. Ah, apply the blood. You got to just go crazy and start applying that blood to everything, especially your children. You got to know the power. You have to know the power of God's word. Hebrews 4.12, the word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than a two-edged sword, piercing, divi dividing between soul and spirit and joint and marrow. If you're going to be a healer, 
You've got to know the power of the Word of God and not just know it. And I'm going to ask you another hard question because remember, authentic people ask themselves hard questions. Genuine Christians are not offended by hard questions. They submit to hard questions and say, I'm guilty. I repent. I need to adjust something in my life. You've got to understand what I'm telling you. When's the last time that you memorized a Bible verse? How many Bible verses could you stand up and quote and give me where they're at? It, after being a Christian for 10, 20, 30 years, some people can't even quote 10 Bible verses after being saved. And it does matter that you can quote them. Jesus could that's just an excuse you just got to know the spirit of the word that's all foolishness no the power is knowing where the verse is locating that verse because it's all one piece Philippians 1 6 is one piece Psalm 1 2 3 4 it's one piece they're all one piece they carry medicine in them Proverbs 4, the word is medicine to all my flesh. It is healing to my body. So when you're walking as a healer, it is the word of God that you use as your medicine. You start using the word on people, sharing the word with people, talking the word, explaining the word, breaking the word wide open, getting revelation out of the word, opening the eyes of people, opening the soul of people with the word of God. You have to become a a, a scholar of the word. Amen. That makes you a healer. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise and you have to learn how faith works to become a healer. The operations of faith. And God will teach you these things. To learn to walk by faith. Supernaturally take chances. Take risks. And do supernatural things that breed supernatural results. Praise God. Tell nine people right now, I have faith that you're going to obey God. Pay off my car tomorrow. And that's all there is to it. So we have to get in faith. We have to learn faith and how faith works, what faith is and what faith is not. The difference between presumption and hearing a word from God. A lot of people, what they do is they make God say what they want and then say God said it. And then it doesn't happen because God never said it. They said God said it. That's foolishness. But when God speaks to you, you will know. I had just been married about two years. I was 26. I had been ministering in a local church since I was about 18. I was one of the pastors of the church, preaching, ministering, doing all the things like that, learning and all that. My wife had been married and I had been married for two years. One day the Lord told me, I got $127 a month. That's what I made. Then I had a part-time job throwing papers. A day and a half. I threw 11,000 papers in a day and a half. Made another $127 for the week. And then I had all the rest of the week fully booked with appointments of ministering to people. All week. All, everything. Full, 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 full. 
One day the Lord says, I want you to go and preach all over the world. I said, that would be great, Lord, but I don't even know one church or one preacher. We were not related to any denomination. We had just started the church right out of high school. So I said, my gosh, there's nowhere to go. So I went and told my wife. She said, I believe it's the Lord. We had a little girl that was two and a little baby that was about six weeks old. I told the leaders of the church. They all agreed. They said, that's the Lord. I quit my part-time job. I said, we're going to need something to travel in. Let's have a garage sale. So we had a garage sale, sold everything, and made $500. We sold our Toyota Corolla for $50. 500 bucks, nothing. But I had a word from God, and I wasn't stupid. So I knew that God had spoken to me. Praise God. Spoke to my wife. Spoke to everybody else. But nowhere to go. Are you with me? We're talking about faith. When God speaks, faith works. When you speak, faith doesn't work. So, we found a 35-foot fifth-wheel coachman trailer. Beautiful. We said, that's what we want. It was a certain amount of money. We didn't have any money. Then we found a truck to go with it. We had no money, no equity. So my wife says, I'm going to go to the bank. I said, good, you go, because I don't have faith for that. You go. (laughs) It's the truth. I didn't have any faith for it. She said, I got faith for it. I said, okay, go. She goes, sits down with a lending lady. The lending lady hears her story falls in love with my wife and says, I don't know why. This is totally wrong. I'm not supposed to do it, but I'm giving you the money. I know you will never miss a payment. She said, we'll never do it. We'll never miss a payment. Nowhere to go. All this is happening in one week. So now we've got a 35-foot trailer with a truck and don't know how to drive it. You don't just get into a 50-foot-long piece of machinery and just start driving around. We didn't even know how to back it up. We didn't know how to unhook it. It was just parked outside. The man drove it up. What do we do? Some man from the church came and taught us for about two hours how to drive it, and that was it. Then we just drove back and forth, backed it up. And even going like three feet messed everything up. Like we'd go up and then back this, oh, how do we do it? Up on the yard, back over there. It was a mess. Nowhere to go. Some man comes by one day, all in the same week, and he says, look, I'm going uh, to this conference. There's a lot of people, a lot of preachers going to be there. Why don't you come and maybe you'll meet somebody and they'll invite you or something. So I go with him. Uh, not with him, but I go to the place. I borrow a car, a BMW, brand new, with sheepskin. And people were asking me, my gosh, you must be a man of faith. Because they see my car, and I didn't tell them I wasn't. I just like, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you talk about faking it. (laughs) I mean, I was faking it. I hadn't learned... Honesty lessons yet. Right then I was still, you know, 
image. <laughs> so we get there and the preacher, uh, I mean the main preacher, got violently sick and was throwing up. And I was with this other guy and he goes to see him. And this other guy was going to speak in the evening service. And the, the host preacher was sick and said, why don't you take the two o'clock because I'm so sick I can't do it. And then he goes off and throws up. And he says, I can't do both services, it's too much. So he looked at me and he says, you have one hour to get a life. <laughs> so I started at two, started flowing in the gifts. At six, everybody's laid out 1,200 people everywhere. Amen. From that one service, I got one year of meetings solidly booked. I went home with a calendar with one year of meetings solidly booked. I have never lacked meetings in 46 years. And I've gone to over 80 countries. And I'm not boasting on myself. I'm boasting on God. There's not a country I can't preach in. And I'm just saying, when faith, when God speaks to you, miracles will happen. You are a healer and your faith will open the doors. Once God tells you, that's a door I want you to go through. Somebody shout and say, holla, holla, baby. That's what I'm talking about. Woo! I was in Guatemala. The Lord spoke to me. He said, I want you to build an orphanage in Guatemala. I had already built seven orphanages and given them away. That's not true. I had built parts of seven orphanages and given them away. And so the Lord tells me, I want you to build an orphanage and I want you to run them all now. From now on, because nobody's doing what they said they would do with the orphanages. They're not even orphanages. Wow. So I'm, I, I go for six months to Guatemala. One week out of the, each month, I go and just look at land all week, Monday through Friday. Just look at land all day, all day, all day, all day. Then I finally find the spot, 7,500 7, feet up in the mountains in the highlands of, of Guatemala. And I'm standing there, perfect weather, beautiful scenery, and the Holy Ghost says, this is the place where I will heal orphans. It was $105,000 for that piece of land. I didn't have $5 for it. By the next day, 24 hours later, I had $138,000. Bought that land and built the building that is now worth almost $15 million worth of land and property for orphans and widows. Faith, when God tells you something, will change your situation and your circumstances. You've got to prepare yourself so God can speak to you in ways like that and say you're trustworthy and you will do what I tell you to do because I have prepared you to be a healer. I have prepared you to be a doctor. I have prepared you to be a hospital. I have prepared you to be a medicine. I have prepared you to be a weapon. I have prepared you to change the world. I have prepared you to be amazing. You are amazing even though you've been a fool your whole life. You're amazing even though you've been a fool your entire life. There is an amazing you on the inside of that crazy person that you've been living in. Give God a chance to heal your DNA 
from your mama, your papa, your grandparents, and your great-grandparents who should have served God but didn't serve God and gave you an inheritance of iniquity. But let the Lord heal that and give you what they would have had had they served God and claim all that inheritance for seven generations back and then pass that on to your children. Somebody shout and say glory to God. Praise the Lord. I'm going to quit, even though I'm not done, because of time. But I want everybody to just get it in your heart tonight that becoming a healer is why you're alive. You may say, I'm alive to worship God. That's true, but also selfish. Because some of you are just, you've just switched drugs. You left your cocaine for the feeling of God's presence. That's all some people do. They just want to go to wherever they feel the presence of God and just stay there, but they don't do nothing. They're saved, sanctified, and useless. They're just drug addicts with a different drug. And that's very selfish to not be a healer. Very selfish to have all heaven given to you and you keep it to yourself. To have the answer that you could get people out of hell and not tell them that. You can actually get people out of hell, all of you. And you don't say a word to anybody. Year after year after year after year because it is a form of revenge against the world. You have a revengeful spirit so you let them go to hell. But the blood is on our hands. Because we have an answer. We were created to give away, not to hoard for ourselves. Praise the Lord. There is a, an encounter tonight to have. We had one this morning. Now there's an encounter to have tonight for every one of us. You must ask hard questions. What kind of Christian do you want to be? What kind of man do you want to be? What kind of woman do you want to be? Whatever you can't do, God can do. Remember that anything you can do, you get credit for. So it doesn't count. The only thing that counts is what you can't do. That God empowers you to do. Now, he has to be blamed for the life you live because it's too amazing for you to take any credit for it and nobody will believe you anyway. That's the only life that you're supposed to live. Tomorrow we'll get into the details of these things because many of you have ideas in your head that restrain you from going forward because you don't realize some of the gifts you already have in you that are the healing powers of God inside you that you didn't realize were, but you will heal people with them. And we will lay hands on every person. Every single person. I'll minister to many people tomorrow. Then on Tuesday is going to be our prophetic and impartation night. So that I'm going to spend most of the time ministering to individuals prophetically and in the gifts of the Holy Ghost on Tuesday night. It's going to be beautiful. Hallelujah. And Wednesday will be the icing on the cake. We'll tie it up. And we're just going to have encounters with Jesus. Praise the Lord. Turn to somebody right now and say, I'm a healer. The devil is a liar, and I'm going to get blessed.
turn on that music and let's close our eyes for a little bit. Shut out everybody and everything. We've had a beautiful Sunday so far. Let's even go further. The power of the Holy Spirit must be in your life in order for you to heal something. You must have power. Wonder working power. That wonder-working power comes in the form of the presence of the Holy Spirit. Amen. That power comes in the form of being baptized in the power of the Holy Spirit, in the fire of the Holy Spirit, in the passions of the Holy Spirit, in the love of God, in the joy of God, in the peace of God, in the wisdom of God, in the literal rivers of God that flow out of your life. You'll never do or be happy till you start making people happy. You'll never be whole till you start making people whole. It is not true that you this feeling that you might have, well, how can I heal anybody? I have nothing. It is the action of doing something by faith Amen. that brings the impartation while you're actually doing it. I say to you, if you're depressed, go pray for somebody that's depressed. The natural mind says, how can I do that? I'm depressed. Out of obedience, you go do it. And while you're doing it, they get delivered and you get delivered simultaneously. Because you obeyed God, he sets you free. The baptism of the Holy Spirit and your prayer language is what you need. It will give you great power in your life. Being able to pray like that in the Holy Spirit, letting it come out of you. And don't get religious right now. Oh, Ivan, you know, you spoke in tongues. Oh, my gosh. That's so out of order. And listen, you watch TV all day. They speak all kinds of languages. Nobody gets offended. You shouldn't have a religious mind and say, Ivan said, do bolja parte vaza. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's a religious spirit. It's okay. I'm okay. My eyes are not rolling back in my head. I'm not <laughs> freaking out. Anything of God is beautiful and makes you feel beautiful. So as your eyes are closed, I'm going to ask a question. It's simple and it's necessary. If you have never received a prayer language that will empower you in many, 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 many different ways, or if you've only received one or two words, this is your night for the total release of that presence and power of God. So as you're sitting there, I want you to, to think about it. I want everything God has for me. That should be your attitude. Lord, I, I, I want to do everything and be everything and have everything that you want for me. If you have never received your prayer language, I want you to raise your hand high enough for me to see, and then I'm going to pray for you. Look at all the hands that are going up right now everywhere. Lots and lots and lots and lots of people lifting their hands right now. Keep your hands up for a second. 
If you've got your prayer language but only have a few words, God promised you a river, not a trickle. Would you lift your hands as well? Praise the Lord. Look at all those hands going up as well. Lots of people are about to get blessed with the beauty of the Holy Spirit. Every one of you that lifted your hand, would you stand up right there where you're at? I want to pray for you, and I want to release this power of the Holy Spirit into your life. It is a great, great thing that is about to happen to you, and it's about to change your home and your family. Why do you need this? Let me tell you the number one reason. When you pray in the Holy Spirit, the Bible says in Romans 8, 26, that the Holy Spirit is doing the praying. Which means this, if God is searching your heart, praying a perfect prayer, that's what's happening. Every time you pray in the Holy Spirit, God is praying. Meaning, God searches your heart, prays a perfect prayer to himself, answers himself, and then gives you the blessing of a perfect prayer. That's why you need this more than any other reason. How many times have you prayed not knowing what God's will really was? You'll never have that problem again. Would you do this for me and walk up here to the front and let me minister this gift to you so you can take it home tonight and have the rest of your life changed. Give them a hand as they come forward. All of you that are standing, come on up. Come on up. Give them a hand like it really matters. Come on, everybody. Let's give them a hand. This is a great, a great decision. Now, I want all you folks to not leave. I want you to stay. Stay with me. Show a little compassion to these folks. I know I'm not ministering to you, but minister with me to them. And don't leave because I also want you to give me an offering. Praise the Lord. I need the money for all those orphans. And I want you to do it. Praise the Lord. So, but what I want you to do right now is be a partner with me. Pick whoever you know. Extend your hands towards them. Try not to do it this way because it will hurt your arm. And you won't be able to maintain it. So do it more like this. And then switch hands. Aim it at them as a way of sending your blessing. I will give you instruction on how to do it. If you're standing next to someone that you would be embarrassed in doing something, move. Move next to somebody you don't know. Don't just stand next to somebody that you're going to feel self-conscious around because you're about to step into a miracle. You're, you're about to balando veri acte veri shudala. That's going to start happening. Notice my eyes. I can start. I can stop. Notice. I could never do that. It just happened quickly, just like it's going to happen to you. I have to let it out of my mouth. I have to let it out. It won't come out by itself. It's under my will's authority. Because God will never take control of me and make me do something it's a miracle it's supernatural but it's under your free will choice because God will never violate your free will praise the Lord 
you're going to have to give him permission. And then you're going to have to let it out. Praise the Lord. You kids, you've got to be real bold. When we start praying, you've got to pray loud. And don't worry about your friends next to you. You've got to not be looking at them or thinking about them. You've got to pay attention to what I'm saying and keep your, and just do it exactly as I'm saying because I'm going to explain it to you and this is going to be beautiful and change your lives. You're all going to be great men and women of God and you're all going to change the world. And this is required to do that. Praise the Lord. Now, me speaking in tongues, if you've never done it, will freak you out because, of course, it doesn't make sense to your natural brain. The Bible says that the natural mind is at war against the spiritual mind because the natural mind has not been renewed in its ideas of how God does things. It's not been exposed to God, so it doesn't think like God. It only thinks naturally, so it thinks one plus one is two. It doesn't think the way God thinks. One plus one is anything God says it is. That's the difference. If God says something is something, that's it. Whether it makes sense or not to the natural mind. As you walk with God, he explains things to you and then they make sense. Faith is required, our unconditional trust in the integrity of God and his word is required for you to get a miracle. Not an explanation on how the miracle works. Just trust in his integrity that he would never tell you a lie. The person that baptizes you in the Holy Spirit is not Ivan Tate. As you know, I am as weak and as sinful as all of you. Can we all get that straight? In no way am I in any way better than anyone ever on planet Earth. I'm a wicked man without Jesus, and with Jesus, I get to have victory over the things that used to dominate my life, as you will too, as you walk with God. One giant after another giant will start falling. This weapon, which is a weapon that you're about to get, is about to change you from the inside out and give you open doors and ministries and gifts that you never thought were possible. You have got to step out of your personality and be bold. This is the time not to be shy. Remember, shyness is a curse, not a blessing. Most people that are shy are shy because they've been verbally abused. So, just remember, here's how it happens. I'm going to even show you how to do it. I want you to all lift your hands. What does this mean? I surrender, I won't resist, and if you, your team, if you had a team, if your team won the Super Bowl, this is what your hands would do because it's a sign of victory. So don't feel weird in church by doing this, but understand what you're doing. I have the victory and I'm not resisting. That's what that means. Praise the, okay, put your hands down. Give yourself a hand for step one. You did a great job. All right, two, Jesus is the baptizer in the Holy Spirit and in fire. So he's not just baptizing you in the Holy Spirit, but spiritual passion and fire. Who wants that? Praise the Lord. When you have this prayer language, you're praying perfect prayers and many miracles will follow you. The secret to praying in the Holy Spirit is sincerity. Remember, you're talking to God. 
all right? And nobody would talk to God. Nobody would talk to a person at this speed. Hey, how you doing? How's everything going? Is everything all right? My God, I really like that shirt. Oh my God, that hair. Oh my God, what is your name? Where do you live? Where are you going? What's going on? And I'm telling you, nobody would talk like that. So don't pray in the Holy Spirit like that. You're talking to a person. You're talking to a person. Do it sincerely from your heart. And you certainly wouldn't pray in the Holy Spirit with a spirit of cussing. Like you're mad and angry. You certainly would never do that. That's all foolish and ridiculous. Anything that is of God is beautiful. It's a language of love between you and your heavenly Father. Praise God. It is a gift, so you don't have to be worthy to receive it. But let's get worthy anyway. Lift your hands. Say, Jesus, forgive me for all my sins. I sincerely apologize. And I repent, God. Cleanse me by the blood of Jesus. I accept that forgiveness and the washing of the blood. I'm worthy of, because of your blood. So there you go. You don't have that problem. Your major problem is preconceived ideas of how this should happen. Throw those out because you don't know what you're talking about. No preconceived ideas. You're not going to hear Shemel Vidush Travije. You're not going to hear that. It comes from the belly. Out of the belly, John 7, 37, out of the belly shall flow rivers of living water. Speaking of the Holy Spirit. Bypassing your intellect and coming out of your spirit, flowing out of your mouth. Praise the Lord. You don't even have to figure it out. It will just happen. I'll even show you how we do it. Let's all lift our hands out there. When I count to three, I want the whole church to begin to praise God and tell Him how great He is in English. And I want you to do it in a loud voice. Are you ready? One, two, three. Do it in a loud voice. Tell God how great He is. Come on, kids. Do what I say. Tell God how great He is. Tell Him. Tell Him how great He is. Good boy. Good job. Tell Him. That's it. Awesome. There's a preacher right there. That's a preacher. That woo. Powerful right there. Look at all these children. Powerful. Okay. All right, everybody put your hands down. Give yourself a hand because that was awesome. Now, why did we do that? Why did we do that? We did that because Psalm 22 says, God inhabits the praises of his people. The word inhabit means to build a throne and sit on it. So when you praise God like that, you build a throne over yourself. His presence comes and sits on you. And that's what you want. You want the presence of God sitting on you. Amen? Say these words. I'm going to be baptized in the Holy Spirit and in fire. And I'm going to speak in tongues like a machine gun. Nobody will stop me. Not even me. Not my brain. Not my heart. Not fear. Not doubt. And not the devil. In the name of Jesus. Say it out loud. I renounce the devil. And I bind his voice from speaking to my mind in the name of Jesus. You have step one down, which is to praise God in English. Now, 
I'm going to go like this and say these words. Receive the Holy Ghost in the name of Jesus. When I am passing by you, I want you to say, I receive the Holy Ghost in the name of Jesus. Are you ready? Receive the Holy Ghost in the name of Jesus. Receive the Holy Ghost in the name of Jesus. Receive the Holy Ghost in the name of Jesus. Receive the Holy Ghost in the name of Jesus. Receive the Holy Ghost in the name of Jesus. Receive the Holy Ghost in the name of Jesus. Receive the Holy Ghost in the name of Jesus. Praise God. Now you're baptized in the Holy Spirit. Now you can actually pray in tongues because that's all it takes to get baptized in the Holy Spirit, what I just did. Now you're going to release what's inside of you, which are the rivers of God in the form of a beautiful prayer language. I'm even going to show you how to do that. Nothing can happen without faith, so it's required to get this miracle. You must jump off the cliff. Jumping off the cliff means you jump before you see who's going to catch you. That's called faith. On the way down, at some level, God catches you. But you still have to jump without being able to see who it is that's catching you. You have his word that he will catch you. And that's enough for faith. Praise the Lord. Watch me and I'm going to show you everything. Step one, praise you, Jesus, sincerely. I love you, God. I thank you for everything you've done for me, how you've blessed my life, turned everything around, blessed my wife and all my children and all my grandchildren, God. I love you for it. You're amazing. There's nobody like you, God. I'm so happy that I belong to you and that I'm saved. I am praising God from a sincere heart. I am loving God. That brings the presence of God down. I will then go one, two, three. One, two, three. One, two, three. And then when I say that, you're going to stop speaking in English and jump off the cliff. You will begin to just sabrap, move your mouth out of your belly, will start flowing the rivers of living water. Between you starting and everything ending, the Holy Ghost will take over. Now your brain will freak out. Don't, don't obey it. Pimples may pop. All kinds of things may happen. If you have weird things going on in your body, it's probably that you're being delivered from a spirit that has connected itself to you, that is detaching itself from you. Let it go. Don't stop. And do it in a loud voice. Are you ready? Let's lift our hands. Church is going to do it as well. Everybody out there, lift your hands. Ready? When I count to three, let's praise God in English. Loudly. One, two, three. Everybody begin to praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Look up to heaven. No whispering. No whispering. There it is. Receive the Holy Ghost. Ready? One, two, three. Start praying in the Holy Ghost. Shebelela. That's it, brother. Let it out. Let it out. Woo! Give a brava your life. Shetalata. Shetalata. 
Thank you, Lord. Right up to God from the heart. Shelada Mareko Ta Telela Tama Shakaba. Elelekoya Tala Tama Toto Itita. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. All right, everybody. Let's give Jesus a big hand. Say thank you, God. Woo! Come on, everybody. Now, know this. You were baptized in the Holy Spirit. You have a prayer language. The more you use it, the more fluent it becomes. Do it every day, all day, as long as you can. Remember, you're talking to God, a love language that he understands. The devil does not read your mind. He doesn't have that power. The Holy Spirit has blessed you and anointed you. Now you're going to change the world. Amen. Look at somebody and say, God is good. Go ahead and be seated, everybody. Let's all give the Lord a hand tonight. Let's praise his name. Wow, what a great time we had tonight. Isn't that beautiful, ladies and gentlemen? Can we give Jesus a big hand for baptizing people in the Holy Ghost? I was in California a couple of months back, and I preached on the praying in the Holy Spirit. And I gave an altar call for people that hadn't been, ever had a prayer language, never had a prayer language. And this is not my count. This is what they told me. Over 600 people came forward. And they all got baptized in the Holy Ghost. I was just going around and everybody was just praying in the Holy Ghost. I'm telling you, it's a beautiful gift. Praise God. I wonder if some of you would like to help me buy some food. Would anybody help me buy some food for some orphans, our orphans? Every month, just the food bill is $13,500. It's actually more than that, but I've raised the other part. And so I have raised all the way through June. Now I'm working on July. And that's 13,500 meals. 
This is a good thing, ladies and gentlemen. It's a good thing to spend money on and put money in. I'm not taking this money for myself. I don't want to go to hell. I'm not building a house in Hawaii or Tahiti. If somebody wants to build me one there, that's great. But I'm not personally doing it with money people give me. Plus, I never touch money. I have never touched money in my ministry, not one day. I don't write checks. I don't have the authority to do it. I don't touch money, never have. I have a whole section of people that do money. I have nothing to do with it. I don't want to go to hell. And I want people to trust the integrity of what we do. So we need 13,000 meals for July. Just ask the Lord what he would have you do. I'm not going to manipulate you emotionally or say anything crazy like, if you don't do it, you're going to go to hell or something. <laughs> no. That would be emotional blackmail. No. But what I will say is it's a good thing to do. And it will be a blessing to them. And maybe even a blessing to you. But whether it was a blessing to you or not, the greatest form of giving is no reward giving anyway. To give without wanting a reward is the purest form of gift. Praise God. Merry Christmas. Be here tomorrow. Do whatever you've got to do. It's going to be amazing. We're going to explain you to you and then release you to you. Praise God. It's going to be great. Pastor's coming up. Thank you, everybody. See you tomorrow. God bless. All right, ushers, would you help us, please? And uh, again, you can give to the secure methods that we have online or through the app. Wow. Praise the Lord. So there's times in our services when I say, come on, let's all pray in the Spirit. That's when you pray in your prayer language. Amen. There's tongues with interpretation, which is prophecy. But praying in the Holy Ghost, praying in the Spirit, that doesn't need to be interpreted. Now, God can give you an interpretation, but... We pray in tongues a lot. Love it. It's what's flowing out of our mouths most of the time. Especially when we're alone. And There's so much to have preached on messages, but what a beautiful, what a beautiful, clear, simple presentation of being baptized in the Holy Spirit. Thank you. Thank you, Brother Ivan. Again. All right. You be sure to resource yourself. Stop by the book table out there. Ivan will be out there signing books and stuff. You get those letters from God. It'll touch you. ushers would you come please the entirety of this offering goes to his ministry
know, let me just, I feel led to share this for a moment while some of you are still preparing. Um, whenever we have a guest, we take an offering for the guest. And let me just tell you how this works. And in some churches, they, uh, they have a, a pattern of giving an honorarium. And so they would give, uh, a, you know, a, a flat rate. I don't know how to say it. They'd give a flat rate honorarium for the guests that would come. And that's fine. That, that's not what we do. So whatever comes in this offering goes to feed all of those orphans. That's what we say we're going to do. That is what we do. So when I say the entirety of the offering is going to our guests, which is what we do for our guests, no matter what comes in, and we've sent, we've sent ministries and guests off extremely blessed. I mean, like, weeping blessed. 20, 30 grand. You know, that'd be great. How many of you wouldn't mind helping orphans? So I just wanted you to know that. We don't like send them a little something and take the rest and go, well, praise the Lord. You know, that does happen. But here, when I tell you the entirety of the offering is going to the guests, the entirety of this offering is going to the guests. So I just want you to know that. Because your seed's important. What God touches you, touches your heart. He puts something in your heart that you're going to, I want to make a difference with orphans. Good. The, and everything you're putting in is going to them. No, we don't take anything out for expenses. Now, if, I'm, if we're going to do that, we say, this is for the expenses that come, but we're not doing that. Amen? You bring people tomorrow night, pack this place out Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night, have an encounter with God. You'll never be the same. Can you say amen? Let's, let's close and bless this offering, and then we'll close. Father, thank you so much. For what matters, ministries and the orphans, Lord, all the people that you're touching and changing even through this, this time. We pray that you would bless the gift and the giver and you'd multiply it a hundredfold to each. We thank you that we can partner with uh, Brother Ivan and see lives touched and changed and see a world impacted by the good news of Jesus. Raise all the money they need for the food, Lord, through July and beyond. In Jesus' name, amen. Ushers, go ahead. You're a good, good father. It's who you are. It's who you are. It's who you are. And I'm loved by you. It's who I am. It's who I am. It's who I am. You're a good, good father. It's who you are. It's who you are. It's who you are, and I'm loved by you. It's who I am. It's who I am. It's who I am. I want to challenge you to pray in your heavenly language as much as you possibly can. The more you pray in your heavenly language, the more power you'll have released in your life. You drive out of this place. Don't let your mind start talking to you about how that was fake or whatever. It's not fake. It's by faith. And you begin to push through and let God flow through you. Rivers of living water. The more you pray in the Spirit, the more power and intimacy you'll develop with the Lord. Amen. God will anoint you. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Never want to close the service without giving an opportunity for people to give their hearts to Jesus. I know it's a little bit longer tonight. But there's nothing on TV. And we're almost done. 
Every head bowed, every eye closed. Yeah, that's, that's me. I want to get right with the Lord, Pastor. You want to get right with God. You've not given your heart to Jesus for the first time or you need to make a recommitment because you know that you drifted. You turned away. You're not as on fire as you used to be. Give your heart to Jesus for the first time or you want to recommit because you drifted. You want to come home. Or thirdly, you just want to be sure. The devil lies to you. You're not sure if you're saved. You want to be certain. All across this place, those online, you say, that's me, Pastor Daniel. Would you raise your hand? You say, that's me. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Raise your hand high. God bless you. Thank you for your honesty. See you as hands. God bless you. God bless you. I see your hand. Over on this side, I see that hand. Thank you for your honesty, son, all the way in the back. God bless you. God bless you right there. God bless you. God bless you. Praise the Lord. God bless you. Would you all stand up on your feet? If you raised your hand and you're serious, you're serious about it, or you didn't raise your hand, but you're like, you know, you need to be included. Quickly come. We're going to close in just a moment. Just quickly come meet me right here. There's others coming with you. Come on. Come on, sweethearts. Come on, kids. I saw all your beautiful hands. Hallelujah. Wonderful. Come on, come on, come on. Whether you raised your hand or not, you know you need to be up here. Come, we're going to give our lives to Jesus afresh. Come on, you ought to put your hands together for these guys. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on, you can do a little bit better than that. Come on, we're going to get right with God today. All right, you ready? Come on, we're going to pray with him right out loud. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your son Jesus to die in my place, to rise again from the grave for me. Forgive me of all of my sin and come into my life. Come into my heart and be my Lord. Be my Savior. Wash me. Cleanse me. and Make me new. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Amen. Let me pray for you. Holy Spirit, I pray. Fill, touch, bless, heal. Break every chain, every bondage. May each and every one of these, Lord, serve you all the days of their life. Never turn away from you. Live for you. For the glory of God. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Pastor Karen, would you come and close us tonight? Did you get something from the Lord? Good. Listen, get, let's reach the community. Get on Facebook. Make some posts. Make some comments. Like the, like the broadcast that we did. Let's get that out to people. Amen. Use social media. 7 o'clock tomorrow night. Pastor Karen, would you close us? Amen. Let's close our, our time. Lord, thank you for your, what's happened tonight. You're so awesome and mighty. And Lord, I pray that you would bless your people. Cause your face to shine upon us. Lift up your countenance towards us. Be gracious to us. Keep us and give us peace. In Jesus' name. And everybody said... Amen. God bless you. We'll see you tomorrow night.